Okay, so for those of you who haven't been on my show before, you know, I might have some new listeners out there. Um, I live in Galveston, Texas, and I came here from Cincinnati, Ohio. Left my husband three years ago. Been in Texas about two and a half years. I just couldn't hack being alone, you know, up there in Ohio by myself. Parents are dead. I don't have any kids. I don't have any siblings. So I came to this little wonderland. Ended up here through a strange course of events after I made my vision board about living at the beach, which I thought would never fucking happen, which is why I had no clue that, you know, this was going to lead to living on the beach. So this is a giant manifestation for what I had on that vision board. The first thing I put on there was two palm trees. And here I am. I'm fucking living by the beach, you know. I live on an island, which is like God has given me such a blessing, you know. Like, it's literally... I've started to live my life as if it's like a dream because it is. It gets so fluid. Oh, my God. There's some beautiful black men going by on a truck with some benches. See, these guys do maintenance down here all around the Strand, and I'm, like, drooling all the time. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. (laughs) We live in a unique little town. Everybody can express themselves the way they want. And there's a lot of magic in this town, y'all. <laughs> there is. There's something about being on an island. It's the mana or something, as they call it. But listen, I was going to tell you guys about that real fluid experience I had in the restroom. Not while I was <laughs> in the restroom, but in that space, I, I felt like, wow, I really feel like my life's a dream now. And look here. I stop and stand in front of this freaking store to tell you guys this and there's a cat looking at me dead in the eyes like right in this little window it's so cute but uh very fluid I was like wait a minute this is how life's supposed to be because I've been so blissed out because of things going good lately that's why I'm telling empaths don't worry the script is flipping we know who the bad guys are now we know how to stay away from them so we don't have to take their shit no more But the energy on the planet's changing. So that means things are going to start going the way we need them to go. You know? Like, I know a couple of empaths who have the same story as me. Their life was fucking flipped upside down by other people because we didn't know that we were empathic. (laughs) So we pick up pieces of other people as we go along. We have a sense about their energy and we become what is beautiful to them you see what I mean and that's like a superpower you know because we we feel their vibe and we we reflect it back to them that's what made me such an amazing bartender is focusing or not focusing I was just just didn't even know I was doing it you know but it all makes sense in hindsight so it was very interesting that I was prompted to do a reading in the uber car in the uber um ride down here it was pretty cool because i was like wow i felt i said you got to be an earth sign because she's rolling with them earthy scents you know in her car i thought it was essential oils but it was nag champa and i'm like how come i didn't recognize that that's so sad because that used to be my favorite and i don't burn anything now and i'm like i need to go pick up some incense because 
incense is part of magic, you know, as you know. Uh, it's, it refers to the air element, the element of air. Wow. <laughs> okay, um, that was a really big truck, and apparently they're cranking the power steering really hard. <laughs> um, I wish you guys could see what I see, because this is just a beautiful, beautiful building that I'm standing in front of called the Tremont Hotel. I think that it's Tremont House, Tremont Hotel. It's gorgeous. Like the, you guys just need to come for the architecture. Um, and then I'm looking at the, it's all year round. The Mardi Gras gate is up like the arch. Um, it's over the street. It's beautiful. And I'm walking to work from the little star drug store. You can Google that. Um, it's a cute little drugstore but I did a live on Facebook with it this morning and it's so like true to the age they even hang their tickets like by hand and everything it's a pretty little cute little place it's it's got all the character you know and I have to say there are some handsome guys that are Mexican I'm gonna give them that but the the greatest thing about those guys as they can fucking cook. Oh my God. This guy was flipping eggs and flipping on. Um, he was flipping the liquid. The eggs hadn't even hardened up yet in the pan. He was flipping them like, you know, just because. Showing off, I guess. But <laughs> the point is, I don't have to cook if I find a man who knows how to cook. So <laughs> that's, that's the big advantage. Hello. And yeah, a lot of times I'll say good morning to people down here and it's not that uncommon people are cool with that we live in a cool little village <laughs> little island um oh that's not a cruise ship there's something in and it's a ship that has a lighthouse on it so if chris if you're listening that's for you um this has been so fun coming to work like this i'm early and everything See, now I'm loving life. I'm getting up earlier because I'm excited about the day. I'm like, your life's getting better every day. And then God and the universe just keep fitting, um, mirroring back that gratitude by sending more things that make me blissful, you know. And they know they could literally, like, throw anything to me at this point, and I'd be grateful. You know what I mean? Like, you just can't explain I'm gonna tell you my heart chakra is opening because I feel it in there I feel some action in there some stretching or something but I'm trying to open my heart back up and it's happening whether I like it or not because because I never thought I'd feel so fucking grateful you know for like every fucking thing around me like that that I made it out of that fucking marriage that um, I made it through the last three fucking years, you know? It was the scariest fucking three years of my life, you know? Like, feeling safe to automatically not feeling safe every day for three years, you know? And uh, it's a strange state by myself. Um, and now I'm finally building a community of friends, and I'm, I'm just glad that I'm finally getting rooted in, you know? That I'm going to finally find my place you know and 
this is where I'm going to do my energy work and the stuff that I'm meant to do, you know, to help heal people. Um, bring people back from the brink of death. Literally, I have helped participate in that. I didn't. I channeled the energy for it. So, um, yeah, I'll have my spot on the strand soon enough. And uh, I know, I know it's true as much as when I was sitting at that counter, I had food in front of me this morning. That's how true I know it will be that I will have my spot on a strand, although it's going to be a surf shop slash, you know, energy place. <laughs> I think I have a little meditation space. It could be a really modern, cool thing, you know, have, we could do hookahs in there if, I'm, if I could figure that out. I don't know if you're legally allowed to do that, but um, it would be cool just to have a place for people to just come and sit and chill, you know, just not, not rowdy people, not stupid people cool people cool people that roll into the shop to buy you know cool surf gifts and have a little bit of everything in there you know crystals and a space I could do my um tuning forks and a focused energy session with the tuning forks and then also in that meditation space I can bring my bowls out I can picture it kind of being like a half circle area somewhere in the shop and having like a couple of comfy chairs and a little love seat or something and a nice rug. And then I can just move the table and I can set my bowls up there. I kind of see it in my mind now. I kind of actually am visualizing it because I'm like staring off into space. See, this is where I come to become myself. Like to talk things out because I know I'm bouncing stuff off of people. Even though I don't see you in front of me. Um... I'm still helping somebody, you know, I'm helping somebody change the way they think today, you know, changing your paradigm because, um, I'm going to tell you something now, many witches don't decide that they're going to just stop doing witchery. Okay. And I did, I went cold Turkey and I had so much fucking lashback. I mean, for the, since February, y'all since February was when we had to vacate our other apartment and a spiritual tax left and right on Chris and both of our finances and stuff back then. I'm going to tell you, I'm telling you this for a reason. Don't even start because you can't backpedal out of it with, without a bunch of hell coming your way. And I'm saying that because the occult is being abused, I think. Now, I know divination's real. And I know that anything I've done with cards, that I can do it with my mind. I don't need cards. And that's why I put the cards down. I can do it. You know, one of God's people, chosen people to do this, can do it without cards. Because I accept that gift now, you know. Like, I am just that person, you know. <laughs> i got to deal with it. And um, i got to start loving myself for it. But uh, once I fully grasp and let it come through and feel that it's not scary, it's not, you know, because I've been so traumatized by the occult in the past, you know, like not just this time, but shit that scared me, you know, and it's like, why do I have to be this bitch, you know, <laughs> like, I don't want to be like spiritually attacked and shit, you know, because of my gifts, you know, the, the dark wants to take out the light, you know, they will do anything to take out a light worker, you know what I'm saying? Especially like a self-proclaimed, I'm going to help people uh, 
a proactive one. You can say you're a light worker and go back and forth to work every day and I'm positive every day. No, you're not actively doing your job. You're supposed to be spreading love and light. That means getting out wearing t-shirts that say be kind you know being that example in front of people you don't have to do that you get a purse you could get a pen that says it and somebody sees that pen at work and they're like oh you touched somebody you made someone know that you were kind enough to carry a pen that said be kind that's what it's about can you carry the energy of kindness you know that we have to get back to that we as the light workers have to be light to those who don't deserve it so they can be converted back like do good shit for people who don't deserve it so then something within them says why are i have to do something back i have to be good back you know because now this person's given me so much that i have to give back somehow you know and so you're gonna spark something in someone just by being good to a person who's not normally nice um I pray for people that aren't normally nice to me, so, but I'm seeing improvements in the behavior, you know, like, you gotta let go of the wheel, guys, we gotta do what we came to do now, this is serious, like, uh, people are gonna be asking you for help, whether you like it or not, because they know you're into that shit anyway, it's gonna come up, you're gonna, you're gonna need help, and you can always contact me on instagram i am missy conley 1972 i'm also that on youtube and tiktok so you can find me all over the internet you find one of those you'll find my link tree i think my link tree is in my bio on my tiktok so you have to go there and then you can read my blogs you can read my articles on vocal you can read or find well you find a podcast obviously (laughs) but um and you can help me support support me by sending me um dollar signs in you know the magical unit that we need i've called it i've started to refer to it as a unit this unit needs to plug in before i can go anywhere you know what i mean like this just needs to pass through my hands i think of money a little more neutral than it helps me it helps me take that stigma off of money if I call it like a unit and food I've been calling food power pellets for some reason because it's like I'm running low on power I need to eat because I won't eat I have lost my appetite ever since fucking COVID y'all so but I'm supposed to be over there at work I need to cross the road (laughs) and um yep okay Galveston and them cobblestone roads man at least they ain't all the way down like canal street and uh, bourbon street in new orleans and they don't maintain them well they they're all broken and you can fall in them and stuff but at least ours look nice so (laughs) but um you guys can follow me on facebook on facebook i'm missy s conley just put me in the search bar i think you you can't add me as a friend but it's um I don't know if I'll see it because I don't really look at that much. So, <laughs> so <laughs> morning. Um, say hi to my podcast. Oh, hello, podcast. Because I'm like, there's, I've, I came from Star Drugstore, so I'm like talking the whole time. So you know me. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Yeah, um, that's my neighbor. That's where I used to work, y'all. I used to work over at Del Sol. And um, 
that's how I got the Bell Pre job was because I did I did a good job over there. I, I did my best for not ever having done retail. Oh my gosh. I am such a master of my craft at waiting tables, but retail has been such a challenge. I'm like, it looks so easy. It looks like you're just selling stuff. No, there's so much more to it than that. And then the service aspect calls for a lot more than walking up and making sure everything's okay. You know, it's more personable. You have to engage more with the people. And then, you know, for someone who has, well, is has struggled with and you know social anxiety in the past and if I'm worried or something's going on real big in my life then I don't want to talk to nobody you know or if I'm really tired I can't I just don't have the energy because you know empaths are empath we we're we know our energy tires mentally just as much as it does physically you know so if I my physical is done so am I you know (laughs) I'm not in the game, but yeah, I'm going to open the store right here with you guys on the podcast because I got to fit my content in around two jobs. So, and guess what? I have been so blessed. I get two days off in a row and oh my gosh, my other job took me off. They gave me Tuesday off. We're going to be dead this week until, um, it's like two weeks till summer breaks. And when summer breaks on the island, we're fucking balls to the wall until <laughs> all the way until like September. So nobody, we just going to be tired, tired, tired every day. And we're just going to have to rest and take care of ourselves. And it's okay. At least the J1s, as we call them, are coming in to help, um, which are the exchange students who come to Texas to help out in the summertime. Ugh. I'm still doing opening duties. Hang in there. I think I need to do some squats. I don't know why this isn't working. There we go. That's like doing squats in the morning when I get here. (laughs) Hey, I've gotten a lot fitter in my lower body, but I need to work on my core and my top. So... I'm going to have to start targeting these and focusing and fitting them into my day, like prioritizing it because I'll tinker around and watch TV and shit and not take care of myself. And I don't want that to happen. And I don't want to be dependent on people at the local pub to feel good. You know, I don't want to start that kind of life down here. I want to feel good within myself and I want to own the bar. (laughs) That's what I want to do. I want to own the bar. I want to work the bar. You know, if anything else, I might own a bar down here someday too, guys. So just keep watching, keep listening, and following my story. And Oprah, I'm waiting on you to come interview me about, well, my spiritual gifts and, you know, just the profoundness that I've lived through. Um, It's just, it's uncanny. To me, when I look back, it makes me want to cry <laughs> because I've never, I've never struggled like the last three years ever. I would have never expected the mental anguish that I've had for the last three years. And um, everything in me, fearing, fearing all around me, being fearful 
And then all the universe was doing, all God was doing was giving me my wish. <laughs> I ended up landing at the beach. So there's a great ending to the story. I'm doing awesome, and I love it here, and I'm so glad and grateful for all of it. Um, but, man, getting out of the witchcraft, that ain't no joke. That ain't no joke, y'all. That's what I'm waiting on Oprah to call for. And then, of course, I'm still going to write my book, and she might not find me till after then, but somebody will tell her about me. Because it's in... Oh, my God, I had a half crescent moon, um, you know, a crescent moon necklace that I carried around with Oprah's name inside of it for months. Didn't take it off until it fell off, until it physically vibrated and I couldn't fix it. It snapped, you know, like the little clasp or whatever. And I'm like, dang, man. I was like, I thought that was the end of me wondering about Oprah, but... Um, I just, that was the universe to say, let it go. You've given it a lot of energy, let it go. So that's a loaded intention. And I know that one's coming true because I want to be able to thank the woman who got me on my path, um, face to face. You know, I mean, I just stood out there in a corner at Galveston and cried so much gratitude, tears, like any woman can get out of any horrible situation that she wants to. And even if she's being spiritually attacked at the same time, you know, so um, for trying to clean my life up, you know, um, trying to get out of that darkness and it don't want to let go. So that's why I'm waiting on Oprah to call. <laughs> I don't know why I just took the wrong thing to the back. Because I've been nervous talking about that shit. So, but that's what you got to do. You got to be brave. You got to tell your story. So other people, please don't let your kids get into it. You're going to, you're going to open portals and it, it will say, Hey, I'm a friendly ghost, but it's not. And this shit is on the, I'm telling you guys, tarot cards and Ouija boards, all of it. You need not get into it because they're not games. They're not games. They're real. And you're asking an entity to enter and you don't know what it is. And if you're not in the know about stuff like this, you're going to let something come in. You're going to invite it in and it has to be invited with free will. So when you all start having ghostly issues, you know who to call because I've had to do it. I've had to, we had to clean a couple houses. <laughs> so and, you know, the stuff from Houston, I told you guys about the exorcism and then Chris baptized her. But then she went right back to living at the same place. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and when it happens, when you get one in your house or attached to you, baby, 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 you will know it. <laughs> you will know it. So I'm asking you not to take the tarot card and the crystal ball and you know the chakra stuff's okay but don't let your kids get into divination or anything like that because it's real but god don't need cards he don't give his chosen ones i trained with cards but now i know i can do it without cards so i don't need that no more and i'm on the good side now so everything is good 
I'm proud of myself, man. It's like trying to escape the mafia when you get out of that shit. I don't even like saying that word, but I guess I'll say it to teach people because it's going to attract a certain energy of folks that I need to tell this is what you're going to have to deal with. And it's going to get... What's going to happen is he wants to take you to darker places than cards. He wants you to start being selfish. He wants us. This is the force, the dark force behind the occult. Like I said, God don't need cards. All he needs is a devoted vessel, and that's me. (laughs) So let me type this password in real quick. I think I forgot to capitalize something. Okay, trying to get signed in on computer at work. Uh, okay, now, I'm leaving the stylus here because this computer won't respond to my finger. <laughs> so, <clears throat> well, I think Windex leaves a film on it. I think we need like an electronic cleaner maybe. And I wonder if we have it. We might have it. So, um, yeah, guys. Please don't let your kids get into divination. Don't do it yourself. Um, I know you think you're a trained professional, but you can get what we would refer to as attachments, and they're evil. <laughs> they're not nice. They're horrible um, beings that you will, they will disguise themselves and say that they are an angel, spirit guide, you know, things of that sort. But what's going to happen is say, say your life's going good. Everything's going good financially good fine and kids doing good in school putting along and then shit starts going wrong what did you do did you have someone over that has an attachment did you have um did you open up any portals meaning did you do a Ouija board or did you have you know cards out inviting entities to help you that you don't know how and what they are well then that's probably what happened you know, you can bring people over to your house that have them, and, and then they just, they hop off you you even more light. They'll just come over here and take your energy. See, people have an aura that they don't know that is there. They don't understand it, but it's there. And it can be seen in the higher realms or in the, the what would you call it? Etheric realm. Um... They can see it. The entities can see it. And they, that's why they come to mediums. That's why they draw to the light. These darkness ones, though, they will siphon your family's energy. They will make you sit in fear. And that's exactly what they want to do, okay? So, and they're real, dude. They're real. Good morning. <gasps> Yay. <laughs> Another day. another beautiful day that was one of our um i don't know how to say it um policemen that walk around they don't drive around uh walking policeman (laughs) i don't know how to say that but um yeah so we're talking about spiritual attacks okay yeah just please 
if you're already doing it, your life can be also, you can be under the veil of if you're an active witch, then you're probably living under a veil of things are going okay for me, but they never get any sort of better, but they don't get worse either. So I'm just kind of sitting here. That's because you're, you're okay. It's like you're hired and you're a, you're a faithful employee and I'm going to leave you right where you are. But sooner or later, there's going to be a prompt to go darker and it, they want you on their team. You know what I mean? You could say you're a good witch, but you're still working for the wrong side because God don't need cards. God don't need crystals. He don't need any of that. But they are tools to train your psychic abilities into place. You see what I'm saying? Because crystals are to improve you first. It's not about anybody else. You pick them crystals up for confidence. You're going to get a situation that you're going to have to be confident in. You know? So they're going to teach you. That's your next lesson. You just picked it up with a rock. You know? So you really have to look at the crystals you're picking up. Because it's your belief system that makes your reality what it is. Because see, your reality is so liquid. You can't tell that your mind is unfolding it one second at a time. Because we see from the inside out. This is all just a big blank space out here, technically, you know, like the void. Our eyes are just a reflection of light, like light, light comes in. You know, it, how do we even know? How do we fucking even know? It's not just a, we're just like some alien having a fucking avatar experience. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like they're in, I'm laying in, like my real body is somewhere galaxies away. <laughs> You know, and I'm being like beamed here, you know, like my mind just goes to some of the wildest places. But when you let it go free like that, lots of other things can fill in in the middle, like a lot of other mystical things can come through that you aren't so resistant to. But because you, you open that can of worms all the way, you know, let your imagination fly. Y'all. Like you got to just get high or something, but not if you're like a kid you got to be 18 <laughs> please do not do that because I told you so don't do this at home so um but I'm just saying there's a realm of thought that's above everyone else's and if you're tuned into that then you're tuned into the collective energy you know it's almost like hearing into the collective and and I get a vibe every morning. Like, is this, this day is going to rumble or this day? There ain't no just, I'm going to make my day positive. You know, for me, it's as an empath, it's going to be, well, I woke up slow. I woke up, you know, on my own. That's good so far. Um, hello. <laughs> and um, so let's see what happens first, you know, and then I kind of roll with it. You know, I mean, I guess there's people out there who set their intentions, and when they wake up and when they go to bed and stuff like that. But I'm into like, I got to be able to go with the flow in any situation. So let's just dive in, you know, like that's what life is about is just diving in. Right. So I don't, I mean, when I think of something I want, I'm going to hit it uh, and I'm going to smack it out of the park because it's going to have so much energy behind it. Cause I'm just now learning how to relax into the days you know, like work doesn't even seem like work anymore. It's like I enjoy it so much that I'm learning. I'm learning all day. And I'm like, now I get it because it's not flexibility in who you are. It's if you're not learning, you're not really alive. 
You know what I mean? If you're not actively, I'm doing this, now I'm going to learn how to do this. Because you want to become more evolved. You want to get better. And you have to have that drive for that. And that's why a lot of hurt people, people who go to the bottom, get that drive um, to do something bigger. And people who are just kind of in the middle, they just cool with sitting in the middle. Because I used to be there. And I don't want to sit in the middle. Now I've been brought... I was on the bottom and I said you know what I'm only going up from here because like I ain't putting up with that other stuff no more and um you know never to be spoke upon unless you know teaching in a book or something like that you know teaching people what happened to me (laughs) how not to do this so it's just been a wild ride you guys um I've learned so much about myself and I know I'm I know, check this out. Can you say this about yourself? Because this is how weird it feels to me. I'm comfortable enough to say this. I, I feel like a lot of people already know me. Like, I feel like a celebrity in my own body because I'm like, I've already asked for some big ass shit, you know? Like, when I write this book and it hits the shelves, it's going to appeal to many people. And now here I am saying that again, you know, I'm like, I've said this so many times, but I feel it in my guts because I asked for a best-selling book from the universe, you know, like I don't want, I want to come out like JK Rowling is what I told the universe. So (laughs) I'm like, oh Lord, what did I do to myself? Be careful what you wish for because everything else I've wished for has come true. And that's why I feel like celebrities always ended up sitting at my bar. Everywhere I worked in Loveland and Milford and, you know, out the outskirts, the suburban area of Cincinnati, Ohio, um, Bengals players would come in. Uh, Lots of Bengals players. I've met lots of Bengals players, although scared to death of them, petrified. Um, And then, well, because, you know, people of that stature you know you feel weird around but um I did and I was bartending so I was like it's cool I got a gig I know what to talk to them about you know um and then the game I could talk a little bit about the game with them because I was a Bengals nut and then here I was getting bingo it didn't matter if I was at Pete's or um where is the other place um Taste of Belgium in Rookwood Pavilion because there's some people with uh, apartments right there some Bengals players with some apartments right there next door and they used to come in there I don't know if they do now but yeah I got to serve Andrew Whitworth one day he was a giant man he was like I mean really giant but that is a very um well-maintained man like he was hot and big just a giant I'm telling you man he looked like he was eight foot tall to me because I'm five five uh, he was probably six foot five or something. I don't know. He had toddlers with him too, which was really hilarious. I know I've told this story before, but it's too fun. When I get into it, I'm like, I gotta talk it. I gotta tell it. Cause guess what? I, I think I crushed on him a little bit. And then, um, I was like, damn, look at that man. You know, that's a fine man right there. You know, he, he keeps his beard all, you know, his wife real jealous too. Cause when his ass came out at the locker room, she shit a brick all over Twitter, man. <laughs> like, and I was like, I was over here cheering because I was like, the universe did that for me. I know why that happened because I said, damn, it more something in me said I would take that in a heartbeat. You know what I mean? And 
and it is fucking he came through the live report behind the reporter and ass out honey in the locker room and they were live and i was like oh hell no like i said his wife did not approve <laughs> so <laughs> like i thought that was the greatest thing on the planet so i was like i just served that man last week you know that's funny that's good shit right there. And then I told, I can't remember the guy with the dreads that came into Pete's that night. He came in and I made him get his own water. Because mama said, make people to get, if they don't order booze, tell them to get their water over there. And I made him go get his own water. And mama said, sitting over there laughing at me the whole fucking time. She already knew who he was. You know, you just made a Bengals player go get his own water, right? <laughs> no fucking way oh my god i didn't know who he was shit he had a hoodie on i could see he had dreads and he had like this beautiful white lady with him and she wanted wine and i told her you want the wine here it's i knew she looked like a fancy lady (laughs) what my terms were back then uh thankfully i have a little more grace now but um back then i'd have been like that fancy lady wants wine mama and it's flat as hell i ain't gonna go through that i just told her not to get it and because our we never sold wine there it was a shot bar you know (laughs) we just throw back shots we don't nobody come in there and drink wine i think mama kept it for like one person to come in like once a week hi and it would just go flat great how are you (laughs) it would just go flat and then it was no good after that and so she got a captain and coke so and i took care of her but he had to go get his own water and then the other guy ends up the white guy that was with him the older man um was like a manager or something like i think he was like with them and then they stopped in and then we had this wwf guy i think uh oh no what was he a wrestler we had a wrestler that came in and um he was buff i mean big motherfucker huge guy and he always got tons of wings he get a bunch of wings mama be back there cooking wings for that man i don't know if he was having a party or what but he was ordering wings he'd come up there and eat her hoagies and sit at the bar just like everybody else he's a real cool cat and i wish i could remember his name and i'd served him at several bars throughout milford and nobody knew who he was if they didn't they just said that's a big motherfucker you know Ain't nobody going to ask him who he, <laughs> he looked big and mean, you know. But the, as a bartender, I found out he's not big. He's friendly. He just keep to himself, private guy. And um, so that was cool meeting him. And then who else? Oh, the guy who is from Loveland, who's deaf, and he's he can talk a little bit. He's not quite mute, but... I can read his lips a little bit when he was trying to talk to me and stuff. And he just wrote it down because, of course, he's drunk, too. And he's in there taking pictures with all his fans, the pool league or whatever that was in there. He was a real cool celebrity. And he was really famous. And I never really knew who he was. I'm like, <laughs> he was he was the fighter. The ones that get in the octagon or whatever. He was one of them dudes. And he came from Loveland. And he's deaf. So I'm sure you all know who that is. But I served him one night. He was a hell of a great guy. He come over and hugged on us and give us a good tip, you know. Bought drinks for people all night. Super cool guy. And uh, let's see, who else did I meet? Chris Collinsworth came in. Kirby made fun of him, me because I didn't know who he was. And 
Chris Collinsworth, I think he was, was he Bengals or Reds? I think he's Bengals. I don't know. I didn't know the guy, you know. So, um, yeah, him too. And then a lady from the news, Channel 19 News. She was not a friendly lady, just so everybody knows. Uh, Trisha Mackey. Yeah, I'll just go ahead and say that. She was not friendly that day. Her children looked like they exploded on the floor. And um, she left a horrible tip. So, there. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> truth, baby. It's truth. From the server's side, I don't work there no more. So, hey, Kirby. If you're listening, I, thank you for being a dick and firing me. Because look where I am now. I'm in a big old city. And you still mean, motherfucker. <laughs> like Taylor Swift song. Yep. That's it. Uh, yeah, that song was all about Kirby. Mean, because here I am living in a big old city. I lived in Houston for a year and a half. And you still mean, motherfucker. Drinking drunk at the bar. Nobody gives a shit what you say. So, evil man. Evil man to all his employees. You know, I put up with it back then. But when you're in it, you don't see the fucking disease. But he made people cry all the fucking time, you know, several women. He made me go into the bathroom and get a girl out of the bathroom so he could yell at her some more. And uh, if you don't get her out, I'm firing you too, you know, (sighs) not a friendly man. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot I could say about that whole situation, but I don't know if I'll get in trouble for this. I should keep my mouth shut. This might be like slander. But is it slander if it's truth? I don't know. But there's a lot. There's a lot that's to the story. But anybody could see it. Anybody who was standing in there saw it. So there it is. I'm not the only one who knows about it. So he was just not a friendly man. And I hate that his health was so bad and stuff. But he wouldn't quit drinking, you know. So... And I loved Kirby. I loved him when I met him. I thought I was crushing on him for a minute. And he had that new uh, girlfriend. And I forget her name. But I thought for sure, you know, I was like, oh, you know, maybe I could hook up with Kirby. But I didn't, you know, back then, he was already married to that other chick that looked like Anna Nicole Smith. (laughs) She hated that when people called her that. But, um doesn't matter. I mean, she was beautiful and she was even a plus size girl, you know, and I should, I was like, wow, Kirby likes plus size women. And yeah, so they got married and that, I mean, that happened before I met him because, well, between times that I met him, because I met him at the other job in Milford, the really rowdy restaurant that I worked at, um, RW Roosters, that was a rowdy restaurant. That was before cameras were out. We could run all over that restaurant and do bad shit like get away with shit you know what I mean and you can't do that now but yeah those were good old days (laughs) before cameras were everywhere so yeah um I'm glad they're out though because I think cameras prevent a lot of bad things from happening so and we're all used to them now like get on I can get on the do a live now and everything um whereas remember I couldn't do that before I was too afraid But so I'm making progress because you got to push forward. You got to, you can't stand still. You got to push forward and be brave. So I'm going to, with that great, lovely comment, 
and positive note, I'm going to end this podcast because I got to go to work, y'all. I don't know that there's anything to do in here, but I haven't even texted my boss yet, and I'm sure she wants to hear from me. Um, Lovely lady who has been such a graceful host and boss to me, I mean, hostess, because she has helped me rebuild my life. (laughs) I mean, she's one of the people. She hasn't been in my life long, but she has done a lot while she's been in my life, so... I'm super grateful for you, and um, okay, guys, have a blessed, magical day, and I say that because you only get it if you believe in it, so don't just blow it off. I mean, do the just wish for the good stuff, okay? Don't wish for anything bad. That's bad juju. Wish for good things, okay, for yourself, so, and that's what, the, oh, that's what the game's about, by the way. It don't work so much for everybody else. You have to focus on yourself. What do I want? Because your energy is for you, you know. So it's for you to improve and call things into your life. You can help other people after you get all lit up inside, see, from getting what you need, like safety, security, um, certain things you need, batting down the hatches and then get to work. You know what I'm saying? Use your spiritual gifts. (sighs) All right. I love you guys. Talk to you later. Bye.